0: Home, home on the range, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. Hello, welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast, and I'm Nico Lapalusa, your host. And uh, so happy that you are here. You can be anywhere in the world right now, but you are here with me in a way, whether you're listening in the car or you are watching. Thank you for being here so much. Uh, as always, like or subscribe, um, that would help me out. And feel free to contribute to my Patreon or OnlyFans account, where you get exclusive material, bonus episodes, and a lot more. You might even be able to see my nipples. And by doing that, by supporting my OnlyFans or Patreon, you will be helping me in my soul's mission, my life's mission, to bring the American bison population back to the Great Plains. And if you're unaware, the reason I'm doing this is... There was a time where we thought that having grazing animals contributed to the desertification of the land, meaning there's this the land is becoming more and more desert. The Sahara Desert, for example, used to be lush forests. There's evidence of water, um, much like Mars. Mars became a desert. And grazing animals... We thought that because they ate grass, right? They, and they exposed the soil to the sun that they would actually contributing to the desertification only to find out that that's the exact wrong and exact opposite effect. There is now documented evidence over 20 years studies, 20 plus year studies done by the Savory Institute, S A V V O R Y, showing that Packard animals, um, animals that graze cows, Bison, elephants, buffaloes of all sorts, they contribute to the reforestation, the reforestation, and um, I don't think grassification is a word, but they, they bring the grasslands back. Back. So once desert, they have returned to grasslands. So it is not too late, if it's already a desert, these animals have the capability to bring land back to green and lush. How? Through poo. Through poo and pee. By munching on grasses, and they're in large herds, right? They cover lots and lots of area. They munch on grasses, they pee and they poop on the land. And they pound, they compact that PM poo down by walking on it, and that has the effect of new, of fertilizing the soil. Furthermore, grasslands, when they get too tall, this is the reason we burn grasslands, is because we think that by burning them, if the grass gets too tall and it's not mowed down, then the new grass for the next year has a hard time growing because it's in shade. It's in the shade of the death of the previous grass. So the the soil and the sprouts need the ability to receive light. So by munching the grass, we give the grass for the next year an opportunity to receive light and to grow. We're fertilizing it through pee and poop of these ruminant animals, uh, which fertilize the soil really well. And I think it has something to do with the fact that they have a bunch of different stomachs or something like that. So we burn the forest, but that actually, it doesn't help renew, it doesn't give nutrition back to the soil. It chars it. And though it gives the sprouts an opportunity to grow for the next year, it's actually continuing to take away from the soil and make it more brittle. So the solution is bringing back herding animals. And I've said it once and I'll say it again. There were 60 million American buffalo, bison, in what's known as the United States today. There were 60 million bison in 1800s. Or uh, it's either the 18th century or the 1800s. 200, 300 years ago, 60 million bison. When the colonists came and they were fighting against the native people the native people particularly like the plains tribes like the lakota nation their entire life was the buffalo entire life was the bu- clothes food shelter they moved with the buffalo the buffalo sustained them tools everything everything so the colonists, to win and to decimate the Lakota people and the other Great Plains people, they decimated the bison population. From 60 million, it went to 26. Not million. 26. I almost have 26 fingers and, and toes. That many. 60 million... That's six with seven zeros after it. Seven zeros after a six, then the decimal point. To 26, which is this. Many. Decimated. Which decimated the native peoples. So, we are now back to where we're at. So this was, they were decimated in like, I think, 1820, 1810, something like this, and we're back to 32,000. From 60 million to 26, period, now we're back at 32,000, and most of them are domesticated bison, and a lot of them are what's known as beefalo, which is a hybrid of buffalo and cattle, beef and buffalo. Um, which look, that's a step because although I think that it's important to bring back the original species, the original bison as best as possible, um, herding animals have the ability to repair the soil, repair the land. Maybe this is what India, you know, why they worship the cow. Maybe, you know, part of it because it's a, uh, it's, it's so important for revitalizing the land. And what does that mean? When we revitalize the land, um, we revitalize the water. Healthy land is where we live. Where we live is land. Healthy land will help supplement, filter out things that get to water, keep the water waste clean. And then that's, you know, water site recycled so that is my mission it's very clear how i'm going to get there i don't know but um and how i'm going to contribute i don't know i don't think i need to be like the person to contribute but that's my my energy my prayers go in that direction um and what's my part in in it all my part in bringing back millions of bison back to the great plains to repair this mono this monocropped soil uh unsure but it is still the focus and I'm getting some good feedback from the universe if you will uh, by as soon as I've been talking about this and, and and stating this I'm learning stuff that I just things are coming into my sphere right because I'm programming myself to maybe listen for it I'm meeting people that are giving me great information and if you're not familiar, which I wasn't up to a couple weeks ago, there was something called the Ghost Dance. And this is this was done by the Native peoples as a last-ditch effort to um, – it's really sad, actually. And I recommend that you do some research on it. But, yeah, it's as sad as you think, maybe. But a brief outline is uh, all the, the – the tribes of the plains got together and they had a ceremony, a dance called the ghost dance to fulfill a prophecy or to create a prophecy to bring the Buffalo back. That was the mission to bring the bison's back and to send the colonists back to Europe, to send the white white people away. And they got together and they said these prayers for days and they did the ceremonious dance and rituals all to bring the bison back and to send the colonists away. It had the exact opposite effect. The colonists saw these tribes gathering and they viewed it as a threat. They viewed the gathering as some sort of organization and some sort of you know threatening activity and um and it led to like a massacre so the ghost dance i mean there's no way for me to justify it having not been there but it's i find it interesting that me as a descendant of white colonists am now so passionate about something i didn't you know, something that I might have contributed to. And I'm wondering, my justification is maybe the ripples of something like the ghost dance aren't, they don't happen in the time. Magic and like manifestation and stuff. I think there's a lot to it. Okay. But the timing just seems abstract. Like time seems to be like the loop, like the loophole for lack of, for I guess a pun. It just, time seems cyclical and linear time seems to, you know, to have a lot of pitfalls, especially on the imagination or the spiritual plane, whatever that is. Um, and so my justification is like, yes, at the time it may have seemed like it set the Native peoples back, and it, and it did. But it may have planted seeds for their mission, to actually reemerge at a different time. I don't. know, I found it interesting that I'm setting this goal and setting this intention, and now I'm getting I'm getting like historical lessons about others doing the same before I came. And I and it's I didn't know about the ghost dance beforehand, um, but I found it really interesting. And I talked to um, and I and I lived in Minnesota where I trained at a jiu-jitsu academy and I had one of my favorite guys at the gym we we were at the same rank at the at that time um we would train together often smoke some joints you know after after class and hang out um he's a man of the lakota nation and that at the time that meant nothing to me um but now that I'm I'm strangely getting integrated into that world being invited to ceremonies um and participating in in And some stuff um, that is of the of Lakota peoples, and yeah, of course, it's weird. Like, it's not like dances with wolves. Um, You know, I'm not a native person, and uh, I have to approach, and I continue to approach with as much respect as possible, while also listening to my heart, which which uh, appreciates what I've learned from native people without being careful not to romanticize right because there is I'll go to these ceremonies and I'll and of course I'll talk and they're mostly white people you know I mean they're mostly non-native peoples because the people leading the ceremony will be like native of Colombia or native of South America or Germany or (laughs) or uh or what have you um so there's not like a huge Lakota presence or I should say Native people's presence, although sometimes there is. And just approaching with, (laughs) you know, enough guilt, enough acknowledgement, validation of the ancestral suffering, right? Because I look like the problems of the past. So the irony of now me you know looking to be healed or looking to participate uh it has to be acknowledged but there is a romanticiz there's a romanticizing of like of the native peoples like we look me and the other white guys that that hang out uh, and, and do these ceremonies i can just hear in the language like like they were living 100% right like they were they were perfect people completely in touch with nature and and we are the bad guys you know we're the we're the bad people and it's it's like a denial of that violence existed in all peoples it, it, like that fire that not even fire that violence exists in all people like war wasn't just a white person thing w- war is a phenomenon that exists in all cultures and existed before um, you know, European colonists. Now, did we one-up it with industrialization with guns and motor vehicles and bombs? Maybe, yeah. And it's like, did we go too far? Yeah. I mean, yeah, right? There's a beauty in innovation, but my point is, War isn't just a, isn't isn't particular to race, you know. It transcends race, and of course, it's like no one wants to hear this, but it's racist to be like, "Yeah, white people invented war." I. It just is. It just has existed territorialism. Like, look at roosters, chickens, um, any any animal. There's a certain amount of defending. There's a certain amount of survival and there's a certain amount of fight that lives in, in a lot of creatures. Many. Particularly ones that are mobile. Even plants have defense mechanisms. Plants create poison because they can't move. They create poison. So that they're not eaten. So that their seed get, continues to get propagated. So I don't overly romanticize. I love a lot of the principles um, and a lot of the romantic type stories of of the native peoples with how they would be able to communicate with nature with, um, you know, communicating with nature as a full on entity. You know, the water was not just a place to swim. It was or fish or whatever. It was a being. And I value that stuff like and I use it to try to understand the world. While keeping in mind that, um, I don't know, it's not necessarily my culture. But maybe if we go further enough, farther and farther enough back, eventually culture disintegrates, right? If you go back to Lucy or Adam and Eve or, I mean, there's hominids that exist I mean, I think we found the oldest skeleton. Uh, It was on Rogan, and I don't know enough about it, but um, we found a hominid that looks like a descendant of us, Homo sapiens, that predates Lucy, which was the previously old, you know, it predates her by many, many years, and I forget. If it's millions or hundreds of thousands, it's many. It's more than I can fathom. Um, and it's and it's rough, like shit. Living out in the world, in the nature, I miss it. And yet, I I look at where I'm at. I'm in a room with controlled climate, with insulation, and a coffee. And yeah, I I don't I don't think it does any good or does any improvement to continue to demonize the white culture for me because that's just a, that's a direct form of self hatred. I will look at the ancestral trauma and bring humility as much as I can bring humbleness to the practices and understanding when I can, like I'll continue to do my best and create self-awareness around that. But a particular like, like demonizing innovation or industrialism. It just doesn't seem to be the way either. It doesn't seem like I look at spirit as inclusive and it includes the present as much as possible. So presently we have these It's this technology and we have this industrialism and we have this, these different races, you know, and it could be of privilege to be able to say this, but it's in, God to me includes it all. There's no denial of what is at least right now. There's a certain comfort in I'm noticing that because like I'll I'll see conversations or I'll like I'll see engagement on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, friends will show me text conversations they have. And it's like when I get down to like the sixth part of the interaction, it's like, why did you keep going? It it always kind of baffles me. It's like when I when I respond with a little bit of fire or a little bit of angst to someone, it's like, and they respond back, it's like, why did you engage? Like, why, why would you engage with that? Why would you let me, like, throw poop at you and then say, and then, like, pick it up and throw it back? It's like, if someone throws poop at me, I feel like, they don't get anything. I go to the shower, I wash off, I move forward. So it, it kind of amazes me how the engagement people continue to have. Like seven comments later, it's like, you guys aren't getting anywhere. Anything that this person says is going to trigger you And it's almost becomes like, who's going to back down first? And the answer is like, no one, (laughs) no one backs down sometimes. And I, what I've come to realize is there's a comfort in an enemy. I think a lot of like the philosophical existence that we have is answers the question, who am I? Like, who am, why am I, who am I, and what's this all about through the perspective, through this, like through the question of understanding myself. Or who, who am I? And. a lot There's comfort in an enemy. Because it's like. Okay. Who am I not? I'm not that. It's almost like the sculptor. That takes a big block. And takes away everything that isn't. The figure. That they're carving. As opposed to someone who picks up pieces. And, smush- and smushes them together. To create something. It's like taking a larger thing and trimming off all that isn't. And an enemy is like this. It's like, I'm continuing to interact just so I can like tell myself or understand myself what I'm not. And it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just strange, you know? It's a strange practice. Instead of a- asking myself, like, who am I creatively? You know, the phases where I'm like, who am I not like that's what I'm not and there's value in it too okay and i i have to reiterate at this point because i'm getting messages about this it's like you're just uh you're just projecting or everything is a perception of you that is such a tactic a tool for what's known as gaslighting Okay, it is true that if I'm triggered by something, there's a part in me that is reactive, that is triggered, that is hurt, that is harmed, that is a scar, that is a trauma. There is a part of me and that is worth looking at. That is worth looking at. But when I, when I let that person know, when I communicate to that person being group, hey, this is causing me harm if you would like to continue a relationship if you'd like to be with me work with me it would i would appreciate it would behoove you to not continue this action or don't do this i didn't like when you did this and they say well i'm fine and you're just projecting no that ne- that uh, that needs to stop a little bit no, that needs to stop a lot of it. Like to deny someone's perception uh, will not help them overcome it. What I've, you know, I see this in my in my life too. I have also used, "Hey, you're you're pro- you're just projecting on me. I'm just a mirror, okay? I'm just reflecting back." W-. No, not exactly. When I've done and I'm learning that I was wrong in those situations and I'm learning be- how to better handle those. Because when I do something and my girlfriend's like, oh, why did you do that? That makes me feel small and, and insecure. And I'd be like, well, that's all. And when I, that's all you, you know, you got to know yourself. You got to know that you're bigger or like that you're greater, that you're divine. And then my actions won't affect you. Uh, shame on me for doing that, for saying that. Because what I'm learning now, how to react to that, is, whoa. You are right. Like I was, that's really selfish. That was really selfish of me. I was, I was only thinking of myself, and and maybe you even deserve better, you know. And I hope, you know, I hope you give me the chance to be better, or, um. You know, I understand if you need a particular amount of space, you know, please don't go. <laughs> you know. You know, and by doing that, by validating them, I'm noticing what happens. Then all of a sudden she goes, Thank you. And you know what? I realize I realize that there's a bit of self-reflection I have to do. It's almost like by me being able to self-reflect and me being able to validate her, now all of a sudden she can self-reflect and validate herself. I'm getting the, the response that I wanted when I said, you're just projecting, which is what I wanted her to be like, oh my gosh, I am. Like there is a part of me that I do need to address about this matter so that I don't come at you with such vitriol and fire but that didn't happen <laughs> that doesn't happen because i was invalidating her thoughts and her experience so and by being defensive and what do i get back defense so that's the mirror right that's where the that's how the mirror works in a way or that's how it can work in a lot of ways but uh, but what i'm finding is um you know uh, i it's my responsibility to step into that role and to acknowledge and to self-reflect so that others can. And it's not always effective to say, hey, you need to look at this. You know, we don't throw stones if we live in a glass house or whatever. But when I've looked at myself in a lot of ways in in a particular situation, and I've taken the time to self-analyze, and I'm like, well, this person still won't stop doing that thing. Hey, I got to tell them, it's been a year, it's been two years, three years, whatever, five hours, whatever it is, I, I got to tell them, this, I'm, I'm not remedying this within myself, it's not all my, my, my burden, I need to tell them, and then they'll either accept it, be able to self-reflect, or they'll be defensive, and at that point, maybe that's when the break happens. So please, if you find yourself saying you're a mirror or that the person is, is projecting anytime there's some sort of criticism your way, you're going to have to let that – maybe you don't have to. you probably keep going with it. It would behoove you to let it go. I think it's a nice little portal into the love and into the understanding that you really desire. So knowing who you are by knowing who you're not and the comfort of an enemy, the comfort of having an enemy, to know who you are by knowing who you're not. Hmm. Yeah, I I particularly like through text or through like a Facebook messenger stream, it's like maybe I got one or two comebacks, you know, maybe I'll, I'll comment, right? And it's usually not at a person. I'll usually comment on the post. And then someone be like, hey, you're wrong. i be like, well, this is why I, this is what I tried to mean, and this is why I think that I, there's validity, or this is why I'm right. And they'll say, no, you're still wrong. That's when I'll go, I don't want to play anymore. Thank you. Thank you for your input. I don't want to play anymore. You're not invited to my birthday party. So when someone goes, comment, someone says, you're wrong. And then they say, this is why I'm, this is why I'm right. And they say, nope, you're still wrong. And then they say, yeah, this is why I'm right. And this is why, you know, why I think you're wrong. And they go, no, I'm right. And this is, and you're still wrong. And they'll go, no, now you're being hypocritical because you're also wrong. And it's like, wow, (laughs) like you guys got heart. You can really hang in the fight there. The, but the fight feels a little like fake because it's like you don't see the person's feelings. You don't see their body language. You know, you, you see words on a screen. Yeah. So maybe just balancing out like who you're not with who you are. You know, I think answering the question, who am I? As long as there's balance of like, okay, I'm not that as long as that's balanced with i am cuz i think there is value now in enemies I, I was so afraid of having enemies rocking the boat and uh i think i was doing myself a disservice ultimately and rocking the boat i'm t- i'm taking these vocal lessons right now and shout out to uh dominica um i think her artist name is zemsway uh if you find her on instagram really great vocalist and uh, she also lives in Copenhagen and I think I got I found her page through a friend in Copenhagen where I used to live and so not only was I looking for improvement on vocals but it was kind of like a way to like reconnect with Copenhagen I felt synchronicity in that respect so I'm taking these vocal lessons and it's I mean it's Zoom Which has its benefits because, you know, I'll be on mute. So I can really, when we're doing improvisation and I'm going for ranges and I'm going for things that it would be really, I would be, you know, sad because they would hurt the ears of of other people. Because I I sound like a screechy cat sometimes. But sometimes you got to go there. You got to go to the screechy cat to know to know your range or to learn your range or to, to to practice a thing, to develop a skill you've never had before. So I'm in my my I'm in my home, my private space, doing these improvisational drills and in between classes we meet once a week. I'm doing these improvisation things and, you know, she'll encourage you. She's like, I'll hold it down. I'll hold down a rhythm and rock the boat. That's what she says. She says rock the boat. And I'll find myself like trying to improvise. Trying to rock the boat. And something with improvisation, it's like I I it's the same thing as like I need to learn to follow the rules before I need to I learn to break them. So I need to like follow along. And then the improvisation it springs up like a hiccup, right? It's like I'm following along. Maybe it starts with the seed of like, okay, I'm going improv- to improvise and like go my own way. And then I continue along on the format. And then all of a sudden my, something comes to me where I, you know, try a different range or I try a different scale. And, that, and that's where like the beauty comes from. I feel like when I'm forcing improv, improv or I'm forcing the boat rock, you know, it doesn't feel good. It feels, what does it feel like? It feels like a look at me, you know, like as opposed to here you go. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I'm finding how to like follow rules enough until I'm ready to break them. I think there's something in that with like all these practices too. It's like following technique. Yeah, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. But really thankful for these vocal lessons. And, you know, we had to share our intentions for doing these and, you know, being part of the class. And it's not a big secret, but I I had illness um, in my throat and chest. And I think, as though I don't look through Everything through a metaphysical lens. I include it with the physical, right? So I did do physical medicine, um, physical west in Western treatment. But I'm also looking at. I know that that addresses symptoms primarily, and I and I know that the root may lie somewhere else, whether it be gut biome, right? If you if you want to keep it on a physical level, or if you're gonna to, willing to transcend the physical, it might be. So for me, it was like. I'm not communicating, I'm holding a lot in, hence the podcast, and hence the music lesson. so by toning, by singing, you know, I'm opening up to sweet surrender of the universal love that's all around. We are opening up in sweet surrender to the universe, love light of the one we are opening up. In sweet surrender to the luminous love light of the one, we are opening. We are opening. Yeah, so uh, that's why I'm doing it. And I like it. I love it. I want some a bit more of it. Cool. So I do want to share... Here. I do want to share one more thing in today's episode. Um, a hobby that is turning into something a little bit more. My great uncle is a—he's cl- uh, been a coin collector now for many years. Even when he was um, in his professional, he started his own construction company. This is it Italian? He's Italian. Started his own construction company. Italian. I have 10 uncles and five of them have construction companies. He's Italian. Italian-American. Um, but he's been collecting coins for a long time. He knows his stuff. He sent me now many books uh, because basically he's making money hand over fist. He's making the maximum amount of money you can on eBay without having to report a W9 or something, which I think is tens of, he's retired and he's making tens of thousands of dollars selling coins through eBay. Plus he sells them privately. So he's, he's doing appraisals. He does appraisals of coins and metals and, uh, and currency. And then he buys and sells them too. And he has been nice enough to include me. So what I'm doing at this point is I'm going through all the coins we have in our house and I'm looking up their value and I'm taking notes and I'm learning what to look for in coins and like how to appraise. So I guess I'm sharing this because one, it's heckin' cool, I think. I, I just really like it. It's something about the physical. Money's great. Um, I haven't made money from it yet. I've only been studying. But the taste of it. The texture of it. I love it. I like coins. I feel like um, Scrooge McDuck, you know. I feel like a pirate. I feel like a pirate having a chest of co- of, of pennies and, and and various other coins. It's very piratey and it's heckin' cool. And there are some coins that are s- fucking valuable and you wouldn't even know it unless you knew it. So part of this is like... If you want if you have a bunch of coins, if you have a shoebox full of coins or a jar of coins and you want them appraised to see if there's anything valuable, I'd be happy to do that. I'm trying to get my skills up and shit, I can even show you how to sell them and maybe if I do if I'm a super good boy, you'll give me a commission if it's worth it, you know? But right now I'm just trying to do a lot of learning and I'm doing it mostly with my uncle going with him to sh- virtual shows and stuff um so i'm learning about coins i'm learning about metals and i'm digging it i'm really digging it and i'm so this is kind of like a my advertisement is like if you have coins or you know someone that has a bunch of coins cuz first off here's another thing like i think chase like chase bank and some other banks they're not even cashing out your coins anymore they're trying to eliminate physical currency folks so one, get with get with the Bitcoin thing. I mean it's already it's pretty high now, but get with it. I've been telling you since 2016 to get with it. So come on now, get with it and f- And second, secondly, maybe hold on to your metals. hold on to some hold on to your coins. Find out if they're valuable. Find out if you have any coins that are worth something. Dude, there's literally coins that are worth tens of thousands of dollars. And it's not like special gold coins. It's like here's a nick or like a a half dollar or a nickel, whatever, that there was an error in the printing press or in the mint. And because of that, there was only five thousand of these made. And because of the rarity, it's worth thousands of dollars one coin a nickel so there's money you might have money that you don't know you have and there's a bunch of ratings to these coins that i'm learning and it's there's a lot to it but it's it's cool it's cool so if you have coins and you want them appraised uh reach out through me direct message me at nico lapalusa at instagram Uh, You can leave a comment here, but the comments on YouTube, I don't get too readily. I kind of just go through them in chunks. So things to consider. Very cool. So we talked about the buffalo again, why it's so important to bring back the buffaloes. We talked about the comfort of an enemy in understanding who i am by understanding who i'm not and we talked a little bit about coins and money so i think it's a good one i'm like sad for this one to end for some reason hmm i wonder that's okay we just move forward but i'm but i'm sad that's okay hopefully i'll get tomorrow and, or the next day, and we'll we'll do another one. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you feel it. I'm feeling good today, and uh, I hope this is transmuting, transmitting through the through the airwaves, so that you feel just a little a little touch of nice too. Maybe a little kick of serotonin. Maybe your pineal gland is just a little less calcified after this. And I love me, and I love you, and because of that, I'm able to love you as well. And I encourage you to do the same. And uh, thank you so much. This has been The Good Wind.